Have you ever struggled with forgiving somebody? Just in your life, has anyone in here ever struggled with forgiveness? Bob's raising his hand. He probably has unforgiveness towards me. There's a lot of hands in the room. We all deal with this idea of forgiveness. And in fact, Jesus, in his infinite divine wisdom, understood, hey, this is something that I want to include in our daily prayer is this idea of forgiveness because it has such tremendous implications on the way that we live our lives. When it comes to forgiveness, for a lot of us in Christianity, forgiveness is really about where we're going to end up, not how we live. But what the Lord's prayer tells us is forgiveness and unforgiveness is not really just about our eternal destination. It's really about how we live our lives every single day. And so what I want us to see today that forgiveness is a daily aspect of our lives that really brings freedom into our life and helps us to move forward. A couple of years ago, I remember this when we were little, um, there were family members within our family that were estranged. I don't know what happened. I was too young to understand, but somewhere in the family, there was some fighting. And that fighting led to the two families becoming estranged, like we stopped talking to each other. And there were years and years and years of my life growing up that I don't remember ever getting together or talking with or getting gifts from or giving gifts to this one particular part of our family. And what happened in that story is, is that the families kind of separated, but there was this moment where they really needed family. There was this moment where like they needed us and we needed them. And so all of a sudden where there was all of this unforgiveness and estrangement, all of that stuff kind of disappeared because you know what? They're always family. And as I was thinking about that and I was thinking about this week, I thought, man, how many years did we miss being together working with one another, being at parties, celebrating with one another. How many years did we miss because either forgiveness wasn't offered or forgiveness wasn't asked for? And I thought like to myself, as I got older, man, I really like them. They're really awesome. Like I, I love this part of my family and I'm bummed out that for the majority of my life, I've missed them. And what I realized is that as I was thinking about that this week, Forgiveness really isn't just about where we end up. It's about who we are and how we live. And I saw how unforgiveness stole, not just from me, but from our family. And so how do we get to the point in our life where, where we get that way? Because what we're going to look at today is this prayer. The Lord's prayer is a family prayer. This is what we as believers pray together daily, right? Jesus says, pray in this way, pray like this. And Jesus includes in Luke 11 and Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, this idea of forgiveness. Now, let me just talk about forgiveness and let's give it a brief definition. Okay, forgiveness is a way of letting go and not allowing the hurt of the past and the people of the past control your life. That's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is not saying that what happened, what you did or what others did is okay. It's not the grand excuse. 
It's not the grand gloss over. But what forgiveness really is in the Bible is you and I letting go of the control and need to make things right in our own sight. Okay, it's about us letting go of that control and saying, hey, God, you are just, you are good, you are great, you see all things, and nothing will go undealt with. And so I'm releasing in me the need to be made right with this person or that person, and I'm going to allow you to do what only you can do. I'm going to free myself from this bondage. Listen to this definition from Tony Evans. He says this, forgiveness is a beautiful word when you need it. It is an ugly word when you have to give it, but it is a bridge we all must cross and it is certainly a bridge we should never burn down. And I think some of us in our life, as we walk into this room today, I'm talking about unforgiveness. I'm talking about these ideas and there's probably a person or a situation that you're thinking about in your mind. And basically what it means is if you're saying, I will never do this. I will never forgive them. I'm not asking you to say what they did was right or what you did was right. I'm saying that you're going to have to let go and release the need to make things right in your own sight. And we'll see that later in this sermon, because here's the reality. Unforgiveness is a prison, not for them, but for you. Unforgiveness will control your life. Because here's the deal. Some of us in the room and listening online have already turned our minds off to what God has to say today. You're just polite enough not to leave because you're like, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not dealing with this. You don't know. This is so hard. This is what's going on. But what if God has a better plan for our lives than for us to sit in unforgiveness? And I know that this is going to be hard because this message hits us and not the people that offended you, not the people that hurt you. Why? Because I can't make them do anything and neither can you. Would it be right for them to ask for forgiveness? 100% it would be right for them to ask for forgiveness. Would it be right for them to say, I'm sorry, and to make amends? 100% it would be right for them to do that. But I can't make them and you can't make them do that. So why in the world... Would we leave our happiness, our joy, our contentment, and our life in the hands of people who already hurt us and then expect them for our healing? It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that it's like you get stabbed by a person and then you say, you know what? I'm not suturing up this wound until you sew it up. So here's the needle. You do it. You have to figure this out. You have to make this better. You have, no, man, we got to get into our own mind and in our own life and go, man, God is in control. God can heal all wounds. And you know what? We're going to allow God to suture this up. We're not going to put our happiness and our wholeness in the hands of those who hurt us. And so I want us to talk about kind of two types of forgiveness and then what we're going to be talking about today. There are Basically, unilateral and transactional forgiveness. Unilateral forgiveness is this. Unilateral forgiveness is the other person does not need to be involved at all. Like you don't need to be involved for forgiveness to happen. You don't need to be involved for things to be healed. In this model, unilateral forgiveness, forgiveness is given. It's given by us or by others towards us. It's given. Whether we ask for it or not, it is given. Why? Because 
the person needs to be healed and, and the person needs to move forward, not just the offender. Then there's transactional forgiveness. Transactional forgiveness is the other person needs to ask for it. The other person, the offender, needs to ask for forgiveness for if forgiveness is going to be given. This is where forgiveness is earned. And what the Bible talks about is not earning forgiveness, that forgiveness is given. In fact, even with us, with Jesus Christ, our salvation is not earned, it is given. Forgiveness is offered to you and I for those who believe in Jesus Christ. And so what does God have for us today? Because what happens is in our lives, we have two ways of dealing with relationships. You have unilateral and transactional forgiveness, and those two things will fall in the way that we love each other. And here's how we do it. We're either going to be in a love-based relationship or a law-based relationship. You guys may have remembered this from the summer where we preached on this about how to forgive your parents. We talked about this idea that there is love and there is law-based relationships. Law-based relationships say this. You have offended and broken the law, and so you must pay punishment. And when you pay punishment, then you'll be for- forgiven. How many of us know this isn't true? Our society recognizes that a law-based system does not heal people and allow things to be wiped clean, right? Because how many people who go to jail, jail follows them all the rest of their life. The consequence, they paid their their punishment, right? They paid their time. They did what they were supposed to do. And what should happen is, is okay, you've changed. And now the old is gone and the new is here. But we know that that's not true. We know that that's not true. How many of us have had somebody because they broke the law of your relationship in your life? They broke it. They asked for forgiveness, but there's still separation between you and them. Like a big separation, not like things have changed, like things still don't exist. Law-based relationships and law-based parenting or marriages or anything like this believe that physical acts, punishments, will heal wounds, and that's not the case. The reality is, in a law-based relationship, we confuse something very important. We confuse punishment with forgiveness, that's what we do. We, we believe that punishment equals forgiveness in a law-based relationship. The problem is a lot of us aren't good at this. We have a hard time letting go. In a love-based relationship, what happens is, is forgiveness is given. Forgiveness is offered. Forgiveness is expected and in many cases predecided. It's predecided. This is going to be the way in which I operate in my life. Kelsey and I in our marriage, we decided we will pre-forgive one another. So we're not working towards forgiveness. We're working towards healing always. We predecided this is going to be the outcome. We are going to choose to forgive. And let me tell you, forgiveness and unforgiveness is a choice. It is. And for a lot of us, it's where we feel self-righteous in our own thought, in our own mind. And you may have been greatly offended. So we feel okay staying in our hurt. The problem is the person who's hurting is you, not the other person. Maybe the people who offended you most aren't in the room right now, but you're affected by them. Your, your thoughts, your, your actions, your feelings, some of you are getting depressed right now thinking about this. Some of you are angry thinking about this. The other person doesn't even know that you're thinking about it right now. 
They don't even know what's going on. And so we're the ones in the room who are dealing with this hurt and this pain. We're the ones that are controlled. And forgiveness is a way of letting things go. So as we jump into the Lord's Prayer, here's what I want us to see. Forgiveness frees us. Unforgiveness estranges us. Forgiveness frees us and unforgiveness estranges us. It it removes us. Why? Because our relationship with God is based on one of forgiveness. And so when we are unforgiving in the way that we deal with ourselves or others, that's a like a, a, an emotion and a feeling that is unfamiliar to us as the people of God. And so what happens is, is when we get into moments of unfamiliarity, unforgiveness, we begin to drift away from the one who has a feeling opposite of what we do. We, we drift in our thoughts and in our minds. Look at what the Bible says, Luke chapter 11, verse four. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. The first part sounds awesome. Please forgive me. And then this is what Luke says that Jesus told them. And please forgive me in the way that I also forgive everyone else. And for some of us in the room, that second clause is scary because we're not good at forgiving. We're not good at saying, you know what? Like I am choosing to let go of this need, this bitterness, this anger, this resentment. I am choosing to let God deal with this and I am not gonna hold this anymore. And so what a lot of us are saying is, God, treat me like I treat others. And for some of us in the room, that is a scary, scary thought. In fact, even this week, as I was thinking about this and praying over this, I thought, man, I'm actually kind of scared of this. Forgive me like I forgive others. That's a big ask because I don't know if I'm very good at this. Look at what Matthew chapter 6 verse 12. Matthew goes a little bit deeper into the detail. Matthew says this. And forgive us our debts. Same word for sin, just an analogy, right? As we also have forgiven our debtors. You're like, that sounds good. We've forgiven them, so please forgive us. Verse 14 of the same chapter. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive other sins, your father will not forgive your sins. And you're like, man, this is scary. Like, what does this mean? Does this mean that I'm not saved? Does this mean like if I'm unforgiving that what is going on in my life and in in my relationships, is this the end? Like I read this and I was like, man, this is scary. Okay, I need a commentary. I need to look at the Greek. I need to look at something to really understand what's happening here because I'm a little freaked out. And what happens in these verses is this is connected to the idea of confession. This is connected to what we've been praying about, this daily asking God for things, because here's what he is saying. What Jesus is saying is, forgiven people, forgive people. This is what he's saying. He's saying, hey, forgive us as we forgive those. And this is what Jesus says in verse 14. So forgiven people, forgive. Unforgiven people, don't forgive. And so what happens is for a lot of us, we go, man, well, am I a Christian then? Like, does God know me? Like, what, what does this mean? And what he's saying here is this. Some of us are acting as if we've never tasted of the forgiveness of God. 
He's saying like in our lives, we are behaving like we haven't experienced the forgiveness of God and been freed from the need of everything being made right. Because whom much is offered and much is forgiven, they should forgive others also. And does God do this so that there's this cosmic and Christianity moment where everybody gets off the hook? Not at all. God says that justice is his and his alone. And he will be just. And there are things that will not go unnoticed by God, even if you feel like they are. It is like this. Believing and trusting that our dad is going to take care of it. Do we believe and trust that dad, that God is going to take care of these things? And that it's not unnoticed. And he's doing his work in their life as well. When I was a kid, I remember like things would happen and I, I didn't have to worry about certain things because dad was going to take care of it. Like things that were really needed to be done. I remember when I was a kid, we do this with our kids. Uh, so there's like some injustice in our home, right? Like someone punched someone or stole something or did something, right? And there's this fight. And then what happens is, is our kids, there is unforgiveness. And so they seek justice in their own merit, right? You know, if you guys have kids, they're like, they hit me, so I punch them, right? Like that's the own justice. And so what happens when own justice is merited in your home? Do you go, oh, they punched you first? No problem. I hope you knock their teeth out. Did you use a stick, right? Like, did you escalate it at least so they don't do it again? No, man, come on. No, what happens? Hey, you hit them, that's not allowed. Hey, you hit them, that's not allowed. And guess where both end up? Time out. Even if I go, I kind of get it why you did that. It's still not the right thing. This is how a lot of us are dealing with our lives and our forgiveness with others. We go, man, God, didn't you see what they did to me? And God goes, I did. And what they did isn't okay. But so did you see what I did to them? I did. And it's not okay. You're not understanding what I came here to do. Sin has come to destroy families. Sin has come here to destroy relationships. I've come to make them whole. And the way to make them whole is not to retaliate. Right? Jesus didn't jump off the cross and start dealing with people. He what? Humbly stays on the cross. And even as they are sinning, what does he say to God? Please forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. If it was the other way around, it'd be like, please smite them and like light them on fire. Right? Like, because this hurt. You see what they're doing to me, dad? But what does Jesus know and believe? Our Heavenly Father's got this. I see what's going on, and you do too. And if you're not dealing with it now, I know that you will deal with this because I have faith and belief in you. I mean, we, we recognize this, do we not? Like, we recognize that even in our own relationships, there is something wrong between you and somebody else. And, and there's this idea that you're unforgiving to them. Is there a closeness in your relationship towards the people that you're unforgiving towards? Like, if you see them in the grocery store, is it your prerogative to run up and say hello and wave at them because they've hurt you so bad and you, you're hurting so bad inside and you have unforgiveness in your heart? Are you like, hey, I, I'm so glad to see you today. No, for so many of us, what do we do when we see someone that either we know has un, not forgiven us or that we haven't forgiven? 
we drop the groceries and run. Like we're out of there, right? Like we're like, this, this awkwardness is not even worth me eating this week. I'm out of here. It sounds like your grocery outing just got ruined, not theirs. It sounds like your life was affected by that, not, not theirs necessarily. And so what happens here is Jesus says this, look, I need you to understand something. Forgiveness is really hard, but I'm asking you to let go of things that you're not meant to hold, to allow me to hold them for you and to deal with them for you and to trust me and have faith in me that it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And so what happens is, is when we start to live as unforgiving people, we're not really living within our family anymore. It's not that we're out of the family. We're just not living as part of the family because family can become unfamiliar when you're in unforgiveness. This is exactly what happened in my own family. There was a real world example of what unforgiveness can do because they were always family, but they were unfamiliar. And for a lot of us in this room, maybe a long time ago, maybe a very long time ago, you believed in Jesus. Maybe you believed in him last week. I don't know, but you're part of the family of God now. But the family of God is unfamiliar to you because those are a peculiar people who operate differently than I do. And unforgiveness will isolate you, draw you away, and keep you in bondage. And so even the family of God, even the house of God, even praying to God, even all of these things become unfamiliar because you're estranged. Because how many of us in our unforgiveness towards others start placing that on God and go, why aren't you doing something? Why aren't you healing this? Why aren't you dealing with them? Why are they even alive? Why? Like, why aren't you dealing with this? Like, I, because I have unforgiveness in my heart, I'm, I'm holding a seat in a position in the family that I'm not supposed to hold. And now I'm getting angry at you for not dealing with it in the way that I think you should. And so what happens? Bitterness, anger, resentment, distance begin to enter our hearts. And has anyone ever noticed that you generally don't drift towards people when you're in an unforgiving moment in your life? you drift away. Listen to what one commentator says. I think this was so good. He says, the idea here is one of a family setting in which a son or daughter confesses his or her sins. Not to become or to remain part of the family, but in order that nothing should spoil the relationship. That's what this word literally like is talking about is that this is like we're part of the family, but we don't want to bring anything in. And this is part of confession and forgiveness is now part of this where we don't want anything in here that is going to divide us at the dinner table. I mean, how many of us have eaten dinner with people and there's some kind of war going on internally or in your family and dinner's awkward? You don't look at each other. You're clinking and clanking spoons. You're like, you know, it's just crazy. Drinking water aggressively. Like, it's just weird. That's not unity. And this unforgiveness is there and literally will begin to divide you. Literally yesterday, before the message, like, there's a young person in here that was mad at me for something. And so, rightfully so, not wrong. But I kept asking, hey, how are you doing? You okay? I'm fine. Okay. Uh, Let me circle back to this. Hey, you doing okay? Yeah, I'm good, man. Okay, doesn't sound like it. You can't look me in the face. Hey, what's wrong? 
Just say it. I'll get over it. It sounds like it. It sounds like you're either going to get over it or you're going to bury it. And it's going to haunt you. What's wrong? Finally, hey. And they came out with it. And they're like, are you upset? I'm like, I'm not upset. When you tell me what's going on, it gives me opportunity to apologize. When, when, it, when you say it, now I have an opportunity to speak into it. When you say it, now we have an opportunity towards healing. When you say it. And then after the message, that young person came up and grabbed my back and they said, that was for me, wasn't it? I said, no, man, it was already in the passage. It's already what we're talking about. Some of y'all think I write messages for you. I'm like, you know what? What does Chris need to hear this week? Forget everyone else. Chris, I'm going to talk to you now. Pay attention. Now, it doesn't work like that. When you feel that conviction and you start to get mad at me, don't get mad at me. Start dealing with the Holy Spirit because he's wrestling with you. So what happens for us is when unforgiveness comes into our life, this is unfamiliar to the family of God. And because it's unfamiliar to the family of God, it estranges us and makes us feel like we're not part of that family. I mean, just even look at church hurt right now. Look, I'm not here to tell anybody that churches don't hurt people and that it's not bad and it's not hard and it's not awful and that we shouldn't apologize. But what I'm saying is, is how many people have left churches because of unforgiveness, because of what happened either there or somewhere else. And now they're estranged from the family of God. And they go, man, I'm going to do Christianity on my own. It's just me and Jesus. And then you like forget the words where Jesus says, don't forsake the assembling of the body of people. You're like, well, that's for other people. I'm hurt. And Jesus is like, I know, but there's healing in that place. It's part of this process. It's part of us moving forward. But as I was thinking about this and how anger and resentment and fear and judgment and a lack of peace and, and, and just like the picture of someone or the, the name of someone or a car that they drive drives by and you're just like in this moment and you're just angry. That's a really good indicator that you haven't forgiven someone if you're just angry all the time. If there's just always something under the surface it means there's, you haven't forgiven. It means that like you've tried to put scabs over things, but because unforgiveness operates, we'll see in just a second, like you picking an open wound. And if anybody else gets near that wound, you hurt. It's like a sunburn, right? It, no one in here has caused you to get sunburn, right? Like it's you, you're outside, you're getting sunburn. But if someone comes and smacks you on the back, like what's up? And you scream, hey! Why'd you do that? Don't you know I'm sunburned? And it's like, I didn't do this to you. And you're like, I know, but it hurts. And you're like, I know, because it's not healed, but it's not my fault. And now there's this weirdness between us because the sun burned you. And now you yelled at me. And then some of us are like, don't yell. Why? Well, because my dad used to yell a lot, but I'm not yelling. I just, I, what? Ah! And you're like, <laughs> You're not okay. You're not healed. I've been in places. Anyone been in a place where the cashier's just angry with you? And then like, you've done nothing. You're just, how are you doing today? And they're like, I'm great. And you're like, are you? I'm so scared. <laughs> I've looked at cashiers and said, who hurt you? <laughs> and they're like, what? And I was like, no, for real. Who hurt you? And I, I've told cashiers, whoever it was, you need to forgive them because it's dominating your life. 
God loves you. He can forgive you. It's maybe something to think about. And I've left. I'm in someone's story like a leprechaun. I just showed up like, you forgive him, and then I leave. (laughs) Man, could that change the way that we think about the people who hurt us too? What happened to them? What unforgiveness is in their heart? What trauma, whatever happened in their life that caused them to behave that way? Because I don't know a lot of little kids who just scream at people when they show up at the cashier's register. Somewhere along the way, we have evidences all over our world of people who live in unforgiveness. And let me just tell you something. Unforgiveness in the world is dominating the world and destroying it. Even this week, we put up a video and this is funny. I laugh at it. I'm like, we made it. Uh, we put up a video on YouTube this week one of, about prayer. And someone put in a comment, I don't know who, uh, put, um, finishes the sermon and then drives off in a Lamborghini. And I laughed out loud. <laughs> I'm like, Jody, thank you for laughing with me because I laughed so hard. I was like, if you only knew. Um, but then I realized this because I could get upset and offended at that, right? Like, you don't know me. You don't know what what we're doing. You don't know, like you just watch the video on YouTube and that's what you're going to do. And then I think, man, what happened? Was there someone along the way that that did happen? They met some pastor and he does drive a Lamborghini and took advantage of people or something like, I don't know. But like for you to just make a random comment like that on a YouTube deal of someone you don't know, who's talking about prayer being the bread of life, something happened. So I've just started praying for that person. Because, man, to me, it's like, oh, you got sunburned, and I got near it. Hmm. You're not free. You're not free. But here's where I want to encourage all of us today. Because what happens is, is I get scared, and a lot of us get scared with, like, okay, so if I am unforgiving... And you don't forgive me. What, What he's saying is, is you haven't sensed forgiveness, or you're not recognizing it. And so here's what I want to help us with today. You cannot sin your way out of relationship with God. Okay, I want to make us all very clear in here. This moment of what's being talked about of forgiveness here, the language here is family dinner table language, not getting into the family language or out of the family language. This is like, forgive one another because you have been forgiven so much and so let's have healthy, good relationships. I want you guys to hear these words because forgiveness here is not one of salvific effort, but one of relational effort. Listen to what the Bible says. John 10, 28 and 29. I give them eternal life. This is Jesus talking. And they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one can snatch them out of the father's hands. Neither can you jump out. Nothing can remove us from the love of God. Listen to Romans. It even gets more beautiful. Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against us and against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? Who? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, and is also interceding for us. What does that mean? 
He's speaking to God that these are mine. They have believed and trusted in me. He's interceding for you in this moment. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, he says, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Oh, could we be more than conquerors of the unforgiveness that we have in our heart towards others because of what Jesus has done for us? I am convinced that neither life nor death, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither the height nor depths, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from God, from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, including our unforgiveness towards others. But if, God can, if the enemy cannot keep you from getting into the family, he certainly wants to stop you from enjoying the family. If you can't be stopped from believing in Jesus Christ, then we're going to do, and the enemy's going to do everything that he can to get you to not enjoy your relationship and the freedom that you have in Christ. Why? Because when you enjoy freedom, when you are okay, you are a gospel message to the world. You are a light on a hill which people can see and people can look at and go, there is a joy that is unimaginable in that person. Do you know what they've been through? And they're not consumed and they're not angry and they're okay. There's something going on here that isn't normal. And by the sheer way that we live, we can proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world and what has happened to us by the way we love and forgive those who are against us. Forgiveness is a choice. And it is one that you and I must choose to have daily. But I want you guys to understand this. God predecided. That whosoever would confess Jesus with their mouth and believe in their heart that he is Lord, he would forgive them. Have you predecided whether people ask for it or not? Forgiveness is on the table. Why? Because it's not about them being right or wrong. It's about you being right with him. Because here's what happens. When there's unforgiveness in our relationships out here, that means there's something going on in the relationship here. Right? Because the true model is this. He who forgave us much now expects us to forgive others much. When we don't have forgiveness out here for these relationships, then I don't know if we believe the forgiveness here. And we're being robbed of the joy of our salvation and our hope in Christ. And so here's what Jesus is saying in this whole thing. We should be willing to give what we ask for. Forgive us great sentence, comma, as we forgive those who have sinned against us, scary. And so what Jesus is saying in Matthew 6, 14 and 15 is this, we should be willing to give people what we ask for. And Jesus says, ask for forgiveness daily. This is what it means. The hand that reaches out to God for forgiveness cannot withhold forgiveness to others. The same hand which asks God, please forgive me, cannot clench its fist towards others. And so what happens here is there's a story in Matthew chapter 18 where Jesus illustrates this point. I'm going to give you guys a paraphrase. 
Matthew 18, starting in verse 23 to verse 35, Jesus gives a parable. One of this king servant uh, who, who has a servant who owes him money, owes him something. And so the king, being gracious and kind, he looks at him and goes, this guy goes, I don't have the money. It's like you going to the bank and going, I don't have the money. And the bank going, you know what? It's all forgiven. You're like, that would never happen. Not in the world's economy. And so what happens is this king forgives him. He says, man, you know what? Your debt is wiped out. You're all right. <clears throat> you don't got it. I'm feeling gracious. We're good. Well, then that servant forgets what forgiveness feels like and sounds like and senses like. And there's another dude in the crowd that owes him money. So he goes up to this guy and he's like, yo, you better have my money. Where's my money? And the guy goes, I don't have it. I don't have the money. And the guy goes, throw him in jail. Until his debt is paid to me, put him in prison. One of the other servants sees what's happening here, goes back to the king and goes, you know what Joe just did? You just forgave Joe this huge amount of debt. And then he went to his brother and he demanded payment from his brother. And when they didn't have the money, he threw him in jail. And the king goes, man, you know what? I'm feeling a 180 coming on. Call him up. You now, because you are unforgiving, because of what you have done to your brother, you received great forgiveness from me, but you did not extend it. It's like you never tasted forgiveness. You didn't understand it. Here's what's going to happen. Put him in jail and torture him until everything he owes me is back. Was he still a servant? 100%. Was he still in the family? 100%. But was he suffering because of his lack of forgiveness? 100%. For some of us in this room, the people hurt most by our unforgiveness is us. Listen to what this says. But the price of unforgiveness is actually extremely high. Rather than make someone feel better, unforgiveness imprisons people in their past and makes those they refuse to forgive their jailers. Those who refuse to forgive continually pick at an open wound, never allowing it to heal. Having chosen to embrace hate, they become tortured prisoners of the offense and the offender. Such behavior is foolish. It lacks common sense and is self-destructive. It consumes unforgiving people's lives, robs them of their well-being, and deprives them of their happiness and joy. There is nothing good that comes from unforgiveness. Nothing. And so here's where I want us to understand something. Some of us in this room, you started forgiving people when you heard about verses 14 and 15 of the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 6. For those who forgive, Jesus forgives. For those who don't forgive, there's not forgiveness. Here's what's going on. You haven't tasted. You don't really know what's going on. You haven't acknowledged my forgiveness towards you. So we started to forgive people out of fear in this room. But forgiveness is not about fear. It's about faith. Forgiveness is about believing in who God is and that he is exactly who he says he is. And he is our father in heaven who will do the right thing and is doing the right thing by us and others. So here's what it is. Your obedience to be forgiving is not out of fear, but out of love. And Jesus commands us to forgive. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands. 
So what kind of relationship do we live with with God? Is it a law or a love one? It's 100% a love-based relationship. And if you want to know how much love, it costs a son. That's what it cost us. And so what happens for you and I is it's about faith. It's about believing and trusting in God. And so we're getting ready to end here, but I want this analogy to sink in. I heard it years ago from a pastor as he was talking about his kids. He says, you know, like when your kids are being rebellious and doing all kinds of weird stuff like lighting firecrackers off in the toilet. And so he walks in and he's like, hey, guys, some of you are like, I've been in that moment, right? He walked in and said to them, hey, guys, what did I say about firecrackers in the toilet? You said no firecrackers in the toilet. So what are we doing here? Are we disobeying? Yeah. And then he changed it from a law-based relationship to a love-based relationship. And this is what he said that he did. He says that he would kneel down and look his kids right in the eye. And he would say to them, hey, who am I? They would say, you're my dad. And he would look at them and say, and how do I feel about you? You love us. And so what are you going to do? We'll obey. And if I wonder in this sermon, if God is not kneeling down to his children and looking us in the eyes, and we are looking at him, and we say, but yeah, there's a lot of hurt And I feel right in my unforgiveness and the pain, the anger that I feel towards these other people and towards myself helps me not deal with the sorrow of it. And so I I feel better in this way because everything else is scary. And God goes, "I, I know, but this is about faith, not fear. And so God is looking you and I in the eye right now and he is saying to you, who am I? You're my father in heaven. And how do I feel about you? You love me. You want what's best for me. You'll protect me. You'll take care of me. So what are you going to do? I'll forgive. And this is hard. And I'm scared. And he goes, I know. So let's just do this every day together. Let's just pray for forgiveness every single day because I love you. I'm going to take care of this. And all I'm asking you to do is to believe. Believe and trust in me. And so we're in this moment of life where you should have gotten a card when you came in. And so here's what we're going to do. Because we want some healing in this place because God's got a work to do in your life because he had one in mind too. That word to forgive, it's a Greek nerd moment, but it's beautiful. comes from this root word, which is a verb. It means action. So forgiveness isn't just a mindset, it's an action. You're choosing to do this. But the word literally means this, to cast away, to throw off, to separate. That's what this means. The word forgive means to cast away, throw off and to separate 
For unforgiveness means to this, to hold tight, to draw near and be close. And a lot of us are cuddling with our pain. A lot of us are real near to our hurt. We're in all of these things and Jesus is telling us this, forgive them, cast it away, let it go, separate yourself from these things for it will consume you. It will devour you and you don't even know it yet because you're comfortable in it. Final analogy just came to me. It's not in my notes, but it's good. There's this lady. She went to the vet. She had a pet python. She would sleep with this python every night. Weird. I know, but let's just keep going. <laughs> and she told the doctor, this is a big python. Man, Frank, we're going to name the snake Frank. Frank is so cuddly. It's the nicest snake I've ever met in my life. He, he loves affection. And you're like, this is weird, okay? And the doctor goes, um, what do you mean? And she said, well, every night when Frank sleeps in the bed with me and he, he snuggles up next to me and lays next to me probably until I get warm from my body warmth. And the doctor said, okay, Stop. Uh, we're going to have to kill the snake immediately. And she's like, what? Like, he's the nicest snake in the world. And the doctor said, no, 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 you, you've misunderstood. He's not cuddling you, he's measuring you. And he's figuring out the day that he can devour you. Unforgiveness is like you cuddling next to Frank. It is not here to help you. It is here to devour you. And Jesus says daily, daily, we have to let these things go to be healed. And so here's what I'm going to ask us to do. We're going to take a moment together for healing. We did this last night. There was such an overwhelming response. It was beautiful. So there's pens all around the room. There's cards all around the room. Here's what I'm going to ask us to do to respond to this moment. I'm going to ask you to cast unforgiveness away today. And so here's what I want you to do. You don't have to put your name on the card. I'm not asking you to put your name or anybody else's name, okay? But you know exactly who they are and you know exactly what happened. And I want you to write out the offense. Just write it out. And I promise you this, I'll be up here the rest of the message. No one's gonna read this stuff. I took it all yesterday and I threw it right in the bin. This is between you and God. And it is time for us to let go of these hurts and this unforgiveness in our life. And you say, man, this is, I don't know if, uh, come on, Blake, is, does this really work? The letting down and casting off and throwing away and separating yourself from your unforgiveness is healing. And so I want you to write down what it is that's troubling your soul and consuming your life. And I want you to write at the bottom, forgiven. in Jesus. And I want you to walk down here and I want you to leave it right on this altar. And I want you to leave it at Jesus' feet and I want you to leave it where he can handle it and I want you to walk away from it. I want you to move forward from this. And this is a daily moment where we cast our burdens and lay down our hurt to Jesus. And daily we get the bread that we need. Daily we get to get through that day. But let's today, 
start casting these burdens, this heartache away.